It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we are helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. I am your host and one of the certified financial planners on the show. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me, certified financial planner and founder of Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn. Mike, it's good to be in the studio with you. Yeah, you as well. On this uh, very slippery morning, the choices that you make with your insurance, and when we say insurance, think protection planning, are just critical to short and long-term success. Should you do disability insurance or life insurance? Is that an and or an or question? Should you do permanent or term life insurance? Focus on the coverage, focus on the cost. What about your home and auto insurance? What kind of limits do you need? What about long-term care insurance? So these are some of the most important choices that you're gonna make in the area of protection planning. And today, we're gonna help you make those choices. That's right. If you have a question, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and address your question on an upcoming program. You can reach out to us in a few ways online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right as well as catch up on previous episodes. You can give us a call or send us a text, 574-222-2000. Lastly, social media, we are on Facebook and Twitter, and the YouTube channel is up and running. Just search at Wise Money Radio. So we are in the middle of, actually still at the beginning of a series, week two of a series where we're talking about the most important financial choices that you have to make in your financial life. We're walking right around the wheel, hitting all six areas of your financial life, talking about the financial choices you have. This show is the Wise Money Show. You need wisdom, which is the application of character and intellect when you have choices to make, and we're hitting those choices in each episode. Yep. As we would say, skill and character is what it takes to be successful financially. And so when we started the show, we wanted to talk about the six areas of certified financial planning, the six areas of CFP. And as much as Mike has asked me to go in depth about all six, we're just going to skim the top of the waves this morning and I'll explain them to you. So the first area is present financial position. That's if you were a business, you'd be looking at a profit and loss and a balance sheet. But if you're an individual, you're looking (laughs) in a little too much detail, Mike, sorry about that. But if you're an individual, we're looking at your net worth and cash flow statements and tracking uh, your budget and a few other things. When you look at protection planning, that's the next area that we look at, that is all about risk and risk management. On a macro level, in a big sense, as a CFP, our job is to help you manage risk, but specifically in the area of protection planning, that is what we're talking about is risk management. So do I live with the risk or do I transfer the risk? And in the area of protection planning, most often we're talking in context of risk transferring and there's an efficient transfer of risk between you and an insurance company likely. There are other ways to transfer the risk, but that's the um, the, the usual way that people think about that in terms of protection planning. Next year is tax planning, and tax planning is not paying 
the least amount of taxes this year, but it's paying the least amount of taxes over your lifetime. That's the game. So how do you structure the game so that you can win the game? And tax planning, you do not want to make your tax decisions in a vacuum because in a vacuum, almost anything can make sense and you'll likely make the wrong choice. So tax planning is number three. Number four is investment planning. And the question, again, we're back to risk. How much risk do I take? How do I measure risk? And what, what amount of risk is necessary in my portfolio to allow me to reach my financial goals? So we go, move from investment planning to retirement planning, and, and that really is going to grab a few of your goals. Retirement planning or think financial independence. When can I be done working? When, when have I accumulated enough to replace my income? And your investment plan is going to drive that because if you're uh, very, very conservative and you're not willing to take risk, you're going to have to save a whole bunch more money and have a much bigger pile. Um, and it, it will likely take you a lot longer to get there. So retirement planning, we throw uh, education planning in that one as well as you look at some of your, your goals. And then the cap of any good financial plan is your estate plan. And that is basically saying what's the most efficient way to transfer what you've accumulated to your heirs or the organizations that you care about when you leave this earth. So that's a quick synopsis of the six areas of financial planning. We're actually diving into each area in each show over the next few weeks today. We're gonna be focusing on your protection plan. And when I think about the most important choices there's tons of them in the area of protection planning. The one that jumps off the page, again, we're going to be hitting the most important the way we see it. But the first one is, do you need permanent or temporary life insurance? When it comes to life insurance, you know just how important that is. Should you have, should you transfer that risk with permanent insurance or temporary? Universal life and whole life, which is permanent, or term, with, which is temporary. There are passionate opinions on both sides. We have our own opinions, but let's craft that decision, that choice, Kevin. Well, that is a great question, and I would be uh, very careful. As we, as we broke down the six areas of financial planning, if you are working with a professional and they call themselves a financial planner, but they're not dealing with those six areas with you, mm -hmm. they may not be a financial planner. They might just be a guy that sells investments or a gal that just sells insurance. Doesn't make them bad people, but I would say be careful because mm -hmm. if, if I am a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail to me. Mm -hmm. So if I sell insurance or if the last name of my company is, you know, something, something insurance, um, you have to know that my recommendation for solutions to most of your financial problems is an insurance product. So I would say be careful about that. We, we don't, we personally don't really care about whether it's, permanent or term insurance, we care about whether you have a permanent need or a temporary need. Absolutely. We care greatly about that and that you have the right coverage to align with what that need is. Right. So often, 
people come in with a temporary need and they have permanent insurance. That's a bad deal. And you want to make sure that if you have a permanent need, you don't show up with temporary insurance. Now, those cases are fewer, but they still exist. Absolutely. Right. And so insurance can be used, especially permanent insurance, for certain purposes. And the and the trick is in, life insurance is theoretically simple, but the execution of the plan is always very complicated and you want someone helping you with your financial situation who is playing chess, not checkers. You want someone who's looking three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. I would say if you said uh, cat- categorized generally, generally most people n- have a temporary need for insurance. So I explain that a little bit. Well, if you said, well, first of all, the question is, what do I need insurance for? So most people need life insurance. Life insurance. If I died today, I won't be working tomorrow. I won't have a paycheck tomorrow. So I would need to replace my income. And then you look and you say, well, if you have a spouse and children, how will they be taken care of? Will my spouse want to live exactly as she's living today? Or would she want to drastically change her lifestyle? Either reduce her lifestyle down dramatically or go back to work and work uh, in a very meaningful way to be uh, a breadwinner or fill in the blank. But you say, what will it look like when you do when you're doing protection planning for life insurance and doing a needs analysis? We're saying, what does it look like tomorrow? Do I have goals that if I lived and worked, I could save and fund? So then you say, well, life insurance might fund my unfunded goals. So there's a number of purposes for life insurance. If you're in a, a business situation or a family farm or what have you, uh, it can be used for estate planning purposes to equalize an estate. Um, if you're in a second marriage, it can be used to take care of uh, the children from one family. There's all different creative purposes for life insurance. Yeah, we're going to get into a few of those here in just a minute. Also, what's your favorite insurance commercial? Those are some of my favorite commercials on the What day is it? (laughs) Should that sway your insurance decisions? We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Is there one type of life insurance that's appropriate for you and your neighbor and your family and everyone? We would argue against that, but we're actually breaking down those tough financial choices that you have to make, giving you some context, hopefully equipping you to make a wise decision. And we're talking about that in the context of, excuse me, your protection planning, so your insurance area of your life. We're so glad to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me, Kevin Corhorn, just the two of us. Josh is on vacation today. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. If you have any questions, and I know we're talking about some controversial issues, some some choices that people are very have very strong opinions on both sides. So reach out to us. We want to hear from you. You can do so in a few ways. 
wisemoneyradio.com or call or text 574-222-2000. Last book, we are, lastly, we are on Facebook and Twitter and the YouTube channel, so reach out to us that way. So we started with the big choices you need to make, especially just within life insurance, should you do permanent or term insurance, but it's actually... It's actually not even that simple because even if you say I've got a temporary need, so I need term insurance, there are, it's kind of like Baskin Robbins. You've got several different kinds of term insurance. There are some financial media pundits out there who say it doesn't really matter your situation, you need 20 year term insurance. And once again, Kevin shared that no, we're agnostic in the type of insurance. What we care about is what your needs are, and that's what you need to care about. What is your need? And you align, you find the tool, you find the life insurance that's appropriate for that specific need. Yeah, when you look at the decision tree, if you will, if if you decided it wasn't permanent insurance I need, I have a temporary need, you think, well, oh, what a relief, the, the search is over. <laughs> and actually the search has just begun. That's right. Because the question is, should I then buy my term insurance through work or outside of work. Yes. A lot of times through work, if I am too short for my weight or have other health issues, it might be cheaper to buy it through work because through work, uh, if you work for a larger company, a bigger organization, it's pooled and so you, you but you're kind of guaranteed that you can get a certain amount of insurance. A lot of times it's a, a function of a certain uh, multiple of your income. So you might be able to get one times your salary, two times, up to five times, what have you. But I would encourage you to not leave it there. Working with your certified financial planner, I would encourage you to compare what does it cost through work and don't just look at the actual cost, look at the imputed income, that's for another show, but look at the, all of the costs of buying insurance, your life insurance through work, and, and look at what does it cost outside of work. Mm-hmm. And, and, but really, what we would argue is before you even decide, all right, should I get it outside of work or through work, you really need to figure out how much you need, yeah, right? Because that's going to influence whether you should get it through work or not. And then Kevin touched on the cost. So there's lots of decisions. There's annually renewable term. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you at a broad level, I really don't like that. I would hope that I would expect that your need is different. But anyway, that's a type out there. Of course, there's 10. Well, hold on. Here, the there's jargon 20, free there's zone. Three. So annual rene- renewable term, mm-hmm. people are saying, what is that? Mm-hmm. That's term insurance that renews annually. Yeah, so, but the cost could change annually. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, and it does. Every year mm-hmm. that you are older, the cost per thousand goes up. Versus a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year term, something like that, where the cost is intended to stay the same every single year. And it's, it, right, so think about a 10-year term. Your premium is the same for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Beware, though, in year 11, if it's set up on auto pay, in year 11, it's likely going to double, triple, quadruple in price. And if all it's doing is just coming out of your bank account and you're not paying close attention, I've seen folks go two, three, four years into beyond the point where the, the term insurance 
uh, the term was good for, yeah. and they're paying a lot more money, but they're not they're asleep at the switch. Well, there again, you want to make sure that before you make your life insurance decision, you're assessing what your risk is, what your need is, and getting a policy, getting a tool that aligns with that. So uh, to me, if you need 30-year term, you should not get 20-year term, right? right. So you want to lock that price in. The next big decision that you need to make within the area of protection planning, and we're leaving a lot of meat on the bones with life insurance. We've got lots more we could hit there. But the next one is how do you make your home and auto insurance decisions? I personally, if it's on commercials, and I may, I'll just tell you, I make some consumer purchase decisions based on who has the better commercial. I really do. <laughs> but within insurance, oh, be afraid. I, my, personally, my favorite insurance commercial is Geico. It's just hilarious. They just come out with hits after hit, in my opinion. However, however, be very cautious in making insurance decisions for home and auto, just based on all oh, that was hilarious or that was appealing. You want to make sure that you have, again, the right context. What's your need? Yeah. What's your overall financial need? And then use that to determine, all right, how, where should and how should you get your home and auto insurance? Yeah. It, it, and I think about a couple of things when I think about GEICO. Uh, number one is if I were a GEICO customer, I would be reminded every time I saw the commercial, I'm paying for that commercial. You got it. Just like we are all employees of Facebook. So I think about that and I think, well, is that uh, what is that what I want to do? But I also think what 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 is the context that I want to buy my make my home and auto purchase? Am I just going for cheapest is best? That's right. And if I am, is that how I buy everything else? Because mm-hmm. look at the, if if cheapest is best, we'd all be driving Yugos. You what? <laughs> yes, you would. And so the, so most people don't decide cheapest is best. Most people aren't living in the cheapest house that they could find. They're not driving the cheapest car. They're not wearing the cheapest clothes. So they say, no, uh, I know that there's a certain value and I'm willing to exchange value for that value. I'm willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So when you look at your home and auto insurance, we recommend, again, working with your certified financial planner to analyze if I have a lot at risk or that would be at risk in the event that something horrible happened, am I well protected? Are my assets well protected? And there are, in, in all fairness, there are a lot of assets that are, are protected already. So you would want to be working with your financial planner to say, of the assets that I possess, which ones would be subject to a lawsuit or if uh, a tragedy happened, someone could, could come after these assets. Yeah. So really, if we're, if we're talking about the big financial choices you need to make in the area of home and auto insurance, really the question is, well, your choice is how do you make your decisions with your insurance? And a lot of times... The decision is it's just tempting to just make that decision based on price alone. And of course, we would say, and we can share some examples as well, where if you're just making that decision on price alone, most likely you're buying coverage that really isn't aligned with your financial situation. When we started our insurance agency at Corhorn Financial Group, we previously, before starting the agency, we would sit down with our clients and say, okay, based on your financial situation, you need these coverage limits, you need an umbrella policy, and because of your net worth, your income, your risks, that's what you need. And they'd go back to their 
farm state agent or their whomever, and they'd say, okay, this is what I need. And the agent would say, no, you don't. You don't need that. And then the customer would come back to us and say, oh, they said, they said, it must, you must not know what you're talking about. And <laughs> say, well, do they know your amount of income, your assets, your net worth? Well, right. My, my insurance agent doesn't know that. Well, then they're not really in a great position to, diag- to diagnose or prescribe what your coverage needs are. If your insurance agent is not your trusted advisor, yeah. he likely or she likely does not know how much insurance you need. So how are they making their recommendations? Right. They're likely making their recommendations on how much they think they can get you to buy. Exactly. And and just one other I'll tuck in here. I mean, another choice that you need to make is whether you have an umbrella policy or not. Umbrella policy. You have to have an umbrella policy. It's just period. extra liability coverage above and beyond in this litigious society and where we're all at risk. It's just very inexpensive for the amount of coverage that you get. So yeah, we would we would say that's an easy choice. What about the trend for high deductible health insurance? Should mm. you, when you're making that decision, should you go the HSA route or should you go the, the traditional route? We've got that and much more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What about the choice of do you need short-term disability or long-term disability or no disability insurance at all? Uh, We were just talking about that. That's extra special content for those of you that check out the YouTube channel. We're going to get to that coming up. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Mike Bernard next to Kevin Corhorn in the KFG Studios. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. We're talking about different choices, just like I mentioned, between short-term and long-term disability, different choices that you need to make. And really, you need wisdom to yes. make these choices and in, in the area of insurance. Protection mm-hmm. plan is what we would call it. So we've talked about how the term or permanent life insurance. Mm -hmm. And we're just about to transition into health insurance, but we were talking about home and auto and you've got another choice there, right, Kevin? Yeah. I think it's important to consider when I, when I make my purchasing decisions, am I going to work with an agent who is a manufacturer's rep who just represents one company or am I going to work with an independent agency who represents me? Yeah. So, and there's nothing, I'd say there are great companies that are sold directly through their manufacturer's reps. My dad worked for State Farm for 36 years. Mm-hmm. State Farm is a great company. But if you went to your State Farm agent and they didn't have the best policy for say your motorcycle, do you think they would send you to a different company to get your motorcycle? Or if you went to a company and and their umbrella policy uh, didn't allow or had a significant upcharge for uninsured, underinsured motorists, do you think they would say, hey, you shouldn't buy it through me, you should go to an independent agent who can uh, give you the coverage you need for the price you need. Kind of miracle on 34th Street kind of stuff. Yeah. 
And I, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's unlikely that that's going to happen. So that's why we encourage people to work with independent agents. There are some uh, agents out there who call themselves independent, but they really only represent one company. And it just it just gives me this eerie feeling. And I, I just think, no, I don't, I wouldn't want to work with that person either. So uh, a couple of years ago, you guys know I got into running. It's a terrible idea, just awful <laughs> idea. Kevin's still into it. But so the so so quick just analogy here. I mean, the, there's a New Balance store here near our office. And when I needed new shoes because my knees were wearing out, turns out it wasn't the shoes, by the way. It was me. Um, <laughs> I didn't go to the New Balance store. Even though I love New Balance shoes, yeah. I thought, well, those might be the right fit for how I run. <laughs> Or maybe it's a different brand, and I went to a different store that could offer New Balance, but others as well. I tried New Balance, weren't the right fit. It I needed Brooks, right? And so mm-hmm. that's the difference. Do you go to a place where they just offer their product, and you mm-hmm. just hope it's the best one? Or do you go to a place that can offer all sorts of products, and then they represent you and look to find the custom fit yeah. shoe for you? So, okay. When it comes to health insurance, mm-hmm. I don't know, Kevin, I'm assuming you saw the same thing, but open enrollment season for many people is often November, December, and then they make their insurance decisions at their company for the next year. And it was more frequent than normal as I was helping people make those decisions for the first time in a long time for many people or ever, they've had the choice with health insurance of a traditional health plan, which cost a high amount Mm -hmm. per paycheck. Mm -hmm. Or they could go with a high deductible health plan, Mm -hmm. which cost less. Mm -hmm. Some of you listening right now may say, oh, I remember that choice. That was a few years ago. I know this trend has been happening. And some of you listening are saying, oh yeah, I never got that choice. The company just moved me, moved Mm -hmm. us from a traditional plan to a high deductible plan. So that's a big choice that you have to make. I... It depends on your circumstance. You guys know we're in the process of having kiddos, and that can be pretty expensive with health insurance, which can be very difficult with your health insurance, right? So if you've got the choice between a traditional health plan where you pay a lot of premium, but when you are having kids or have a big expense, it covers most of it, or a high deductible plan where the premium is lower, but you have to pay a lot of it out of pocket. Even in that situation, I actually like the high deductible health plan. But well, yeah, that's a that's a great question that most folks are facing, and it's again, it's a risk management question. So it, it it's the same question when I look at my home and auto. If I have a low deductible, I'm making a bet that I'm going to need the insurance. I'm making a bet I'm going to be in an accident or fill in the blank. The same thing with my health insurance. If I go with the low deductible plan, uh, kind of the richer plan, and it's oftentimes more expensive, I'm going to make a bet that I'm going to need some health assistance Mm -hmm. from the medical field. And so that's where you say, okay, what am I going to bet on? Am I going to bet I'm needing help or am I going to bet I don't need help? And and that is 
often where that thinking when you're making this choice where it starts but it's not exactly a level playing field because with the health savings account you then or excuse me with the high deductible health plan i just tipped my card there the high deductible health plan you have access to use a health savings account which you do not let me remind you you do not have access to fund a health savings account if you just have a normal health insurance policy you have to have an eligible high deductible health plan and then when you do you can then save into that high that uh health savings account and that can save you a couple thousand dollars on your tax return yeah and so if you're just looking at the cost of whether you think you're going to use it or not, you also have to factor in potential tax savings. Kevin, we've talked before, there's there's even one other issue you'd have to figure out there is, do you, this is another choice actually, if we, if we tilt to, okay, you've already made the choice to go with a high deductible health plan or that's the only choice you have, you then have the choice of, do you just fund your HSA based on how much you think you're going to spend this year or do you fund your HSA to get the tax benefits and hopefully have that money save up and grow as an additional savings account for your future, the spending HSA or the saving HSA? Right, and technology has allowed now to have an investing HSA where you can do your, it, it's at, at the first dollar. And so I would recommend when you're working with your certified financial planner, working on your budget, the first thing my sweet wife said was when I said, hey, let's do the investing HSA, as she said, so I just got a $6,900 pay cut. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. We are not, we're not going to put the money in and take it out though this year, like we've done in the past. We're going to put the money in and leave it, leave it invested for, for the long term. But we'll, we'll, we'll I'll, I showed her where in the budget the money is going to come from. Yeah. And, and you've got that choice. And of course, if you are, I see this all the time as we sit down with, with folks. Actually, I'll just share with you a quick story. Someone comes in. Very good income, not a lot of deductions, not married, single person, and not a lot of deductions. So really good income, but that just means she's paying a lot of tax. Has a health savings account available to her because has the high deductible health plan, and the company puts $1,000 in there each year. So she's like, great. And as we were talking about it, she said, therefore, I didn't really put any extra money in it because I'm pretty healthy and I didn't even use the $1,000. So thankfully that money rolls over. It stays in my account. That's my money, but I don't need to put any money in there. And I said, well, wait a second. Let's think about that from a different angle. You need, it'd be helpful to find tax deductions. Should you put an extra 2000 what's it, $2,300 to, to maximize that benefit for 2017? She could still do that. Um, and so that it helps you on your taxes. And I know you might not use that money this year or coming up, but you can use it at some point in the future, anytime in the future you have medical expenses, and that money will go in tax-free and come out tax-free. That's a huge deal. So I would actually frame the, the decision for you when you're thinking about funding your HSA as opposed to just putting in what you think you're going to spend, put in what you need to for your tax planning, which we're going to be talking about coming up. Should you 
contribute to a 529 now that there are new rules in Congress? We've got that question coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Glad to have you with us today. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me in the KFG studios is Kevin Corhorn. If you've missed anything, the YouTube channel is up and running. Just find us. Wise Money Radio right there. Also online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can catch up on previous episodes. And this is when I remind you, it's podcast as well. The whole show is so you can find us on iTunes, Google Play. You got to search Corhorn, excuse me, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. Uh, Lastly, if you have a question, reach out to us. Give us a call. Send us a text, 574-222-2000. We've been talking about the different, most important, choices you have to make in the area of protection planning. There's a couple more we have to hit rapid fire, but then also, you know, it's tax season. It's yep. tax season. We've got a lot of tax questions. We've got at least one that we need to hit. So so we're talking about the decision of traditional health plan or high deductible health plan. We like high deductible if it fits your situation. And then how to use the HSA. Let's just remind you the funding limits and the uh, funding deadlines for the HSA. So in the last segment, Mike referred to a single person who had $1,000 put in by the company. That counts towards your contribution limits. If your company puts money in your plan, that counts towards your limits. So if you are married you can put in $6,900. And if you're single, you can put in $3,450. Now, if you're 55 and older, you can add an extra $1,000 to that account. Mm -hmm. And you can fund that up until your tax filing deadlines without extensions. So those are the 2018 limits. The 2017 limits were just a little bit below that, but you still have time right now. If you're looking at your, we're going to be talking about taxes next week. You need to chime in. Taxes on is on everyone's mind. It should be on yours. Yeah. Tune in next week. We're going to be talking about some of these strategies, but you could still fund your HSA for last year and get a tax benefit. It's one of the after the fact choices that I can make to reduce my taxes if I have a high deductible health plan, mm-hmm. if I haven't max funded it, I can add additional monies and make a difference right now, today, on my tax return. And as Kevin already mentioned, the any money that your employer contributes goes towards that limit. That's not the case with 401ks. I had someone come in recently that said, oh, my match was four grand. I put in 15 grand, so I'm over the limit. No, you're not. Nope. Your limit on 401ks is just for you. On HSAs, it includes your employer. So you need to be careful there. A couple Simple. other big, big choices that you need to make. We're going to hit them really, really quick. And one is, do you need short-term disability or long-term disability? Right. Great. And and being in the business for almost 25 years, I've seen people with life insurance become self-insured. And that's it is the greatest feeling ever to see someone who doesn't need life insurance for the purposes we talked about. Disability insurance, short-term disability, I would encourage you to make one of your resolutions, if you haven't finished your resolutions or broken all the other ones, make 
self-funding your short-term disability one of your goals? Because when you look at reducing the amount of dollars that you spend on a monthly basis for insurance, if you can self-insure with with a good cash reserve, we like a three bank account system, if you can get six months worth of living expenses done, you shouldn't need short-term disability, possibly. Yeah, the idea would be to self-insure yourself there, but long-term disability, that is one of the biggest risks. If, if Josh was available today, he would tell you that's, in his opinion, second most important insurance you can get behind health insurance. So long-term disability is extremely, extremely important. Speaking of long-term disability, the other big choice that you need to make, the last one that I had on my list of the most important is how do you handle the risk of needing to go into a nursing home someday? This need for long-term care. Do you live with that risk or do you transfer it using long-term care insurance? Huge decision that that is and that is one that you should be working with your certified financial planner on that's one that we're working with a lot of our clients who are dealing with their parents yeah and so if you haven't worked with someone who's navigated these waters many 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 times over you need to talk to your certified financial planner and say hey what should I do about my parent situation what should I do with mine do I live with the risk and if I live with the risk, that means living and organizing my finances in a certain way, or do I transfer the risk? And there are different types of insurance products that you can use to transfer the risk. And I like to refer to long-term care, the need for long-term care. That's the, that's, that's the cost that my medical insurance doesn't pay for. That's right. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I have health insurance, so I'm covered if I go into a nursing home, assisted living type of facility. Nope, you're not. Oh, I have a certain type of trust, therefore my assets are protected if I need long-term care. Nope, you're not. And, right. and the bummer about that is you only find out when it's too late to do anything about it. Well, the other bummer is with this risk, if you're even open to looking at transferring that risk and looking at the insurance, usually you'll then look at the cost and say, oh my goodness, well, that's too much. There's a reason it costs so much is because this risk is significant. There's yeah. a high likelihood that you're going to need to use it. And when you do, it's extremely expensive. And so you need to be proactive with this decision and make it as unemotionally as possible with your certified financial planner. Lots of big choices that you need to make. Once again, you've, you've got to talk to your certified financial planner to look at your entire financial situation to then address how do you make wise choices in each of these areas. Yeah, sit down with someone who loves helping people and loves analyzing these situations not just someone who loves selling their company's product. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ah, Have I beaten that dead horse enough? No. Okay. No, let's let's keep going. Okay. There is, however... It's tax time. It's tax time. Everyone, if you have gotten your taxes done already, you're feeling kind of good. If you haven't, you're feeling that, that monkey on your back. Start feeling that pressure. That's right. right. And don't think, hey, I'll extend... I, I can have an automatic extension till October. Get it done. Get it done. Resolve to get it done by April 15th. And if you... If you need uh, a professional who can prepare your taxes but also can help you with your tax planning, 
Come talk to us. Yeah, we do a whole, this is a busy time. We do a whole bunch of tax returns. And we're actually going to be talking about taxes on the Wise Money Show over the next couple of weeks. Great, great stuff that we've got in store. But Brian has a question. He's 62. He's from Mishawaka. And he said, I've heard you guys discuss the 529 plan on the Wise Money Show before. My grandkids attend a Catholic school. So I'm wondering if I should begin contributing to the Indiana 529 plan now that the tax rules have changed. What are your thoughts? I think. That's a great question, Brian. Thanks for asking. And I think for sure, if if you're participating meaningfully in their tuition, you should put the money in and take a majority of it out to pay for their uh, current year expenses. Yeah, so so this is one of the tax changes that they made. The 529 plan has long been thought of as a college savings plan. In fact, I think that's what it's called for at least the Indiana plan is called college choice. I think college savings plan is 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 part of the the title. Well, the new tax laws have changed that. And you yes, you can still use it for for college, but you can also use up to a certain amount for private school in um, your primary ages and so in your primary school. So um, for Catholic school, yeah, Brian, I would say you're good to go if. It fits within your overall financial life. Don't just chase after this tax benefit and get yourself behind or backwards on some of your other financial goals. Make sure you're set before you start a giving strategy, something like that, even if it helps you on your taxes. But then second, you probably need to talk to your kids to see what involvement, what level of um, assistance they expect you to play with school. Absolutely. Don't let the tax tail wag your financial dog. Yeah. But you want but it is a great opportunity if it fits in your financial life again talking to your So just again to to remind you even though they've opened this uh, I was looking at an article that was comparing various states 529 plans and I've been saying it for a while but I just did a quick inventory. If you live in Indiana, pay Indiana tax. Indiana has the very best 529 plan on the market of any state out there. We, as Come Hoosiers, on. we can't say that we're the best at a lot of things, especially not football and other things, but, but very best 529 plan out there. And now that they have opened up some of these rules as to how you can use it, gosh, it's going to, more people should be funding this thing. And then the question that you need to make or d- decide, Brian, is how do you invest it? If you're going to use the money right away, be careful about investing it. So great question, though. We've got a lot more tax items to hit in the weeks to come. So on behalf of Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.